This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray. A member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. Warrior Watch, we're so happy to have you today listening. Um, I want to say before we get into our program, if this is your first time to listen to BPN Radio or you've been enjoying BPN Radio and you're not a partner, I want to encourage you to become a partner. Um, Papa Dale Gentry, Pastor Dale Gentry, uh, Prophet Dale Gentry, he's a mighty man of God. Him and his wife have been married over 50 years, been in ministry um, over 50 years. Just a, an amazing man of God that that prays and seeks God probably more than anybody that I know. One of the most integrous ministries out there. And uh, I'm just really uh, honored to be a part of this ministry and to be helping out. So I just want to encourage you, pray about supporting this ministry. This The goal of this whole network is to um, awaken the body of Christ to prayer. Um, everything we do is by prayer. <clears throat> God has called us to be the church, and we cannot be his, his hands and feet and his voice if we do not spend time with him. So I want to encourage you to just pray and pray about uh, supporting as well. Today I have an amazing woman of God, young woman of God by the name of Ashley Shepherd. This is our second uh, show that we're doing, second time for me to interview her. She's written a book called Beautifully Designed, and she's got it a beautiful, if you heard the first um, episode, I want to encourage you, if you didn't, go back and listen to it. If you heard it, you know that she's walked through her own um, history with God, where God really began to reveal to her who she was in Christ and how um, how devastating it had been for her own life to label herself things that God never labeled her. And so she began to seek freedom, and God has brought that freedom. She's a pastor's daughter. She's an entrepreneur. She's an author. But most of all, she is a lover of Jesus. She's a mother of children. How many kids, Ashley, do you have? I have two little boys. Two little boys. Six and eight. Oh, she's, she's a mama and she's a wife, but mostly, like I said, she's a lover of Jesus. And I love the Jesus that is ruling and reigning in her. So we're going to pick back up um, about this book called Beautifully Designed. She's getting ready actually to start a uh, an online Bible study. Um, how can they be a part of that if they want to, Ashley? Yes, if you go to beautifullydesigned.com, and on our homepage there, you can join our group. You'll see it. Just click join. Or if you want to purchase a book or read more about our book, you can do that there. So beautifullydesigned.com. And I think you're starting that on the 15th, right? The online piece of it? Yes. So oh. if you if you join our Facebook group on January 15th, we're going to dive in the book together. There'll be exclusive videos from me. We are going to walk through each chapter in depth with discussion threads, and so I'm super excited to walk walk alongside all these women with us. Listen, uh, for those that are listening, our radio audience today, listen, knowing who you are in Christ is paramount to walking out God's plan for you. Uh, God has a good plan for all of us. Um, 
he, you know, his thoughts and his plans for us are good and amazing, but it's important that we uh, allow him to uh, change out the tapes that are negative in our lives. So Ashley, just jump in and let's start with a couple of more chapters uh, for this week. Let's just talk about whatever you feel like God wants us to talk about. Well, one of the chapters, and it's kind of in the beginning of the book, is a chapter on words. And this was something that my heart was stirred about because I I felt like the Lord wanted me to write this book years before I actually was obedient enough or courageous enough to write it. Um, I there was so right before I wrote this book, um, I was sitting at home and I was on Facebook and I just thought I'm just going to take a little poll of the women out there. And so I wrote on my Facebook, I wrote this, I wrote ladies, I'm working on a project and would love your help. What is one label that you've allowed to attach to yourself and define who you are? And then I offered some examples and I offered both positive and negative. I said, you know, beautiful, powerful, tired, defeated, failure. I gave both good and bad examples. And can I tell you that within 24 hours, we had 280 women comment. And out of the 280, there were three that was positive. Wow. Oh, that, you know, that's great. Heart, that's heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking very- when you realize that. And most of these are probably Christian women. And mm-hmm. when you realize that the state of the church is in, we, you know, we've believed the lies. And I, I say we, I've done it too at times, believe the lies of the enemy. And then we're, you know, you're bombarded with all of these things that we think we're supposed to be <laughs> versus what mm-hmm. God says. So, so you got all of these different uh, responses, which were, you know, sounds like it was pretty negative as a whole. What did you do at that point? At that point, I felt this heavy responsibility. I I mean, it was almost, my heart was so burdened for these women, and I could relate to a lot of them. I mean, it was words like, you know, stupid, lazy, insignificant, uh, unloved. The, The one that really broke my heart, and it brought tears to my eyes, was one lady labeled herself as a waste of space. Oh, God. And it was in that moment I sat down and it was like, it was almost the Lord just pierced my heart, like, write, write your book, write your book. And that was, that's why it's one of the first chapters because I talk about the power of words and what we believe about ourselves matters. And some of us don't realize the, ha- the bad habits of getting into that negative self-talk or believing these lies because we've, it's, it's been a part of our world so long, we don't even realize we're doing it. And so I commented on every single woman and I said, I have a special resource for you. And I got it from my chair. I did a quick video on my computer and it was just like a six to 10 minute video. And I privately sent it to each woman um, about how loved they are and how that were, that's a lie and they need to believe God's truth. And then the next day was when I started my book, because I, I understood then that there needs to be someone, a woman out there. And I, I, you know, I'm very vulnerable in this book. I talk about the times where I wake up in the mirror and talk about how fat I am. And, you know, but it was, it was time for me to rise up and be a voice for some of these women who have believed in these lives for so many years. Um, but words do matter and it matters what we believe about ourselves. And I think starting there is the most important part, kind of recognizing that and then moving forward and saying, okay, if I believe this, what truly is the truth? Who am I? Who I am? Who am I in Christ? And so that was kind of a starting point that really kind of 
pushed me into actually getting my computer out and just sharing my story, sharing the word of God, which that's the most important thing. Um, and to let these women know how lucky they are. You know, today in prayer, I was reading, a. Uh, some a part of the New Testament where Jesus and the disciples walked past that fig tree, and you know the story where Jesus cursed the fig tree, you know, because it didn't have fruit mm-hmm. on it. And then they came back the next day, and they st- Jesus started talking to them about faith and the words. And they the the disciples said, "Look, you <laughs> you cursed it yesterday; it's withered today." And and it was really that whole chapter was about faith and. You know, our words carry faith, whether they're negative or positive, because what you believe, you say. Mm-hmm. And and we don't like, you know, we don't we don't want to think about that. We don't want to think about faith in a negative way. But really, what you believe, you say, and what you say, you receive. And, you know, so I had someone say, but Pastor Kelly, what happens when I think something negative and then I just say something positive? You know, I know that's going to help me, but I still believe or think something negative. And the truth is, if you say the right what God says long enough, the way you think will eventually change. It will that's eventually so change. But, um, you know, if you if you look in the mirror and say, I'm fat and I'm, you know, I'm uh, not motivated to take care of myself. And, you know, you just you keep saying these things. Well, you'll stay fat and you'll stay non-motivated and you'll stay everything mm-hmm. you don't. But if you begin to speak positive over your life, what happens is your actions begin to follow what you say. And you start taking care of yourself better and you start looking at yourself better and you, you literally respond to what comes out of your mouth and whether that be negative or positive. And it's really, um, this is a, a truth I've known for a long time, but breaking that habit can be really tough. <laughs> and one yes. of the, one of the things that I think is really good, I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Carolyn Leaf, but she's got this 21-day brain detox and it's basically just speaking positive over yourself and you know, one of the last year the Lord told me said I want you to go on a 21-day fast of saying nothing but positive things. Don't let anything mm. negative, even if it's true. You know, sometimes we'll say, well, this is negative, but it's true. Well, just because it's true doesn't mean it's truth. Amen. So uh, it, it really is. Our words are really, really important. And to, and we're not being fake. We're not being uh, um, not non-realistic to speak faith over our lives. Uh, when you think about Abraham headed to this land that God was going to give him, uh, it looked pretty, it looked like he was a crazy man, but he kept following the voice of God and he kept speaking, uh, that God's word was true. And, you know, and we saw every bit of it come to pass in his life. And we're still seeing the, uh, mm. you know, the effects of a man saying yes to what God says about him. So you ended up write, starting your book. How long did it take you to write the book, Ashley? Well, it's funny you ask that because I would randomly, I would I would put some chapters in, I would put some paragraphs in, excuse me, actually set the book down because we ended up in the process having a house flood. And that brings me to a point in my book because anytime that you are obedient to what Christ says in your life, there's going to be opposition and the enemy is going to be out there to kill, steal, and destroy everything that you're trying to do. Oh, yeah. Um, 
so we had our whole house um, had to be completely redone. Um, it was gutted. Um, and so I put it down and I felt super discouraged. And I actually have um, in the words chapter, you know, in John 10, 10, this, this talks about it in, in, um, on page 15 of my book, but how there's an enemy out there to kill, steal, and destroy. And that he, if I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, so he cannot take my salvation, but he can very well take my joy. He can take my purpose. Yep. He can take, he can take my, um, just my excitement, my love. He can take all of that away from me if I let him. And so there was a while where I let that really distract me. And that's yeah. all it was, is a distraction, um, from, from pursuing this calling to write this book. And so, for about a year, I put some stuff on the computer, but um, I went to an amazing fire conference where we got to be together yes. um, in in May of 2017, and that conference changed my life. And That's that was awesome. when the Lord allowed me to to really start listening to the Holy Spirit above everything else. That's awesome, Ashley. And it, it did help me eliminate all of those distractions, all of the voices, all of the, all of the enemies' attacks, and it set me on the path of only listening to what God had for me for this book. And I came back, and I finished my book in four days. Wow! From that conference. Wow, that's called that's called a, a focus uh, and really listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I want to go back. You talked about all those distractions, and you talked about you were listening to voices. I want to go back and just dig into that a little bit. You're right. No, the devil cannot take our salvation, but he can take our peace and our abundant living here on earth. And you know how he mm-hmm. does it? We give him legal access through our words. Yes. We give him legal yep. access. So in other words, if I say, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm not doing what God's called me to do, or I'm a failure. Well, that, now he's, now I've given him legal, you know, he says that to me. Or he impresses, and I agree with him because I speak it out. Then he has legal access to begin to rob. So what you what you realize is I'm stopping his legal access. I'm not going to. He may speak it, but I'm going to tell him to shut up, and I'm going to replace the lie that he's just given me with the truth of God's word. That is so, so important that we understand that he doesn't have a legal right to anything towards us, but we can give him legal access by agreeing with him and then speaking it out of our mouth. And that is real important for God's people to understand the power of your words, because a lot of times we hurt ourselves and we don't even realize where we let the enemy in, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- mm-hmm. You know, we're just not watching our words. I've done it sometimes when raising kids, you know, just let something slip out of my mouth toward my children that I do not want them to be labeled with the rest of their life, you know, and I had to go okay. back and make it right. And then, you know, cut off that legal access. So you went back home and wrote that book in four days. I did. I told my husband, I said, you're, you've got the kids. And I, you know, hunkered down in my office and different places in my house. And I just allowed the Holy Spirit to, to kind of speak through me because this was his book all along. I mean, this, this is, these are words I felt like it was, it's my story. It's what the Lord has had me walk through and ha- helped me overcome through so I could be, you know, his light to other women out there that is 
you know, when having the same struggles, but I had to I almost had to go through those distractions. It was like that scripture, what, what the enemy needs for bad, God will turn to good. Yes. And that's exactly what he did. He used all of those distractions, all of those things in my life, because he was waiting for me to have that moment with the Holy Spirit at that conference. He was waiting on that time because that was really when I felt like coming back from that, that I could sit down and it was going to be what he wants me to write, not what Ashley Shepherd wants to write. Right. Because my words, you know, his words are way are way more impressionable and more important. So, you know, it's 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 amazing to me that sometimes we'll go through a storm or a circumstance or a distraction, whether it be a life happening or a distraction from the enemy, and we think, Why do I have to go through this? Because you're sitting in the midst of the storm. And, you know, having experiencing that it's, it's, it's almost like going through it was a blessing because I came out better. Of course, I came out stronger. I also knew I had a strong purpose. Anytime you're ever being attacked, that means hang on because your purpose is huge. It's a good thing. It just means that God has you in the palm of his hands. He's going to get you through it. Um, but ultimately coming out of that, I realized timing God, God's provision and timing. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't live in time. We live in time. And so, you know, I kept thinking, I need to get this book done. I need to do this. But the Lord was waiting until I could get into this, this environment to where I could turn my phone away, you know, just keep life at bay for just a second and give myself time to listen to God and listen to the Holy Spirit. And I needed that time to pursue the rest of this book. And I actually have in my book, I, I encourage the women to turn their, turn, put their phones away, to go into a quiet room. I, I, you know, you can put worship music on if you want, um, but you have to sit in the quiet and you just have to listen, not, not, not think about things or anything like that. You just have to listen. And a lot of times God is always speaking, but we're just not listening. And we're, we've got too many things going on, too chaotic. And so that's one of the biggest lessons I learned is that I couldn't sit down and write this book because I wasn't listening to the Lord until I put myself in that environment. So I'm training myself now at home. Am I giving time to where I can hear the Lord? Um, and I, am I putting myself in an environment where there's no distraction or loud noise or negative self-talk, but that, that I can just open up the word of God and just, even if it's just getting on my knees and just putting my hands out and surrender and just saying, okay, I just need the Lord and just sitting in the quiet. And it's so awkward at first, but doing that, you're allowing that time for the Holy Spirit to speak to you, but you're also in that environment where you can listen to. Yeah. And your soul is being ministered to. Your soulish realm, it's like you you touched on it. The Lord is always speaking, but we can't always hear him for the clutter in our life and for the noises in our life. And so that that um, designated time with the Lord uh, is not just for me to give him my laundry list of things I need him to do, which I always talk to the Lord about things that I'm believing for him to do in my life. But it is a time for us to fellowship. You think about your husband. If the only time he came in and and he just rattled off everything he wanted you to do for him, and then he ran out the door, and he never said, you know, Ashley, I I just love you. I want to drink a cup of coffee with you, or I want to go eat dinner, or, you know, let's just let's just talk and have fun. Let's just enjoy each other. 
And it's in those intimate times with the Lord where you're just sitting with the Lord. And I, you know, I have, I hear people say all the time, I pray all day. Well, that is good. The Bible says we should pray all day. We should pray without ceasing, but everyone needs a dedicated time every day to spend with the Lord where it's your, your, um, prayer closet, your sanctuary, your place where, like you said, you can cut everything off and just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. One morning I got up, I always spend time with the Lord early in the morning when I get up. And then right now we're doing prayer at noon here at the church. But one morning I opened my eyes and it was my, you know, it's my first thing that I do. And I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, I've been waiting on you to wake up. And it made me cry, actually, because I realized that fellowship is really the only thing I can give to God. I can't give him anything else. He's God. (laughs) He has everything. But my love and fellowship is that the sacrifice of praise, that worship, that intimacy is something I can bring to him. As a love gift. And as we develop those daily habits of just like, I, just setting it in, you know, I came from a Pentecostal background where you would just go to the prayer room and you'd wail and scream for hours. <laughs> and that's good. There's a place for that. There's times to go before the Lord and wail and scream. But I have really learned in the last 10 or 15 years the beauty of just sitting before the Lord. And pondering mm. his word and just allowing him to speak to me and me not say a word. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where cre- creative ideas come. Um, peace, the ability to, um, your faith is encouraged. So I really love that you've taken this aspect and and really, um, really centered in on this. Let's talk about something else that you think is real important in the book. Well, another thing, you know, looking at the power of words and all the, the negative self-talk, it, it really comes down to um, kind of our self-image. And that was a lot of the words that the women put on social media. It had to do a lot with their self-image. And so um, when we talk about words and what we believe about ourselves matter and what we say, um, it's really understanding what you've allowed to define you and what I mean by that. And this is a revelation I got years, probably about five and a half years ago. Um, I had gotten, I had um, gained a lot of weight. I'd gotten to about 280 pounds and the heaviest I had ever been. It was probably about six years ago. And I literally, what the number on the scale said, what that, what my pant size was when I would go shopping, that was who I was. That defined me. That was anything that had to do with what I looked like in the mirror or what I bought, purchased for myself. That is how I lived my life. And so my insecurity level was so low. And I almost, knowing that I knew that I knew Jesus, I knew I had a Savior that died for me, but I had allowed my how I felt in my own skin and that, that pant size and that scale size to matter more than what my savior did for me because yeah. that's how I, that's how I lived my life that defined me more and I did it for so many years and there were years Kelly I didn't leave my house 
I would stay home. Uh, my boys, they would be invited to a birthday party. I wouldn't take them because the people would know how much weight I had gained. And my insecurity level, I felt, I almost felt like I didn't have hope. I didn't have, you know, a, a plan. And I just, I felt so insecure that my boys missed out on life because of allowing that to happen. So it didn't just affect me in that season of life. It was a ripple effect. Yeah, that the whole family. It, it affected the whole family. My husband, our relationship, and he was a pilot at the time, so he was flying. He was gone. He was hardly ever home. And, you know, when he would come home, he would see that, that insecure, desperate wife, not the hopeful, you know, encouraging, inspired wife that he married all those years ago. And, um, you know, I'll never forget just feeling so hopeless and thinking God could never use someone like me. Wow. And it, and it started with, it started with a pant size. It started with a scale number. That was why I felt like God couldn't use me. One of the things I think is important for young women and then all women for sure, any men too, um, we have to think about what we listen to drives the effect of our self-image. And so mm-hmm. it is real important. I tell this to my, my girls who are, you know, in their thirties and you're young, you're, 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 you'd be like one of my girls, but I tell them, you know, if, if, if you're watching a bunch of TV or you're looking at a bunch of magazines with famous people and they're, they're putting all these projections out there of what beauty is and what success is. And you, mm-hmm. and we don't as Christians have that in check. It will affect mm-hmm. us, Ashley. It will affect us. <sighs> and uh, there are thousands of Christians that spend more time, and I don't mean this in a judgmental way. It's just the facts. We spend more time looking at what Hollywood says or what the Kardashians say or what, you know, some TV show says or what some magazine says is beauty and is mm-hmm. success when Jesus has lined out what's beauty. Everything mm-hmm. about Jesus is beauty. Mm-hmm. And when we focus on those things, we need to watch what we listen to is my point. We need to mm-hmm. watch because it will affect what we think. That's so true. That, and that's what I did. And there's and a lot of us so that have been there at some point. You know, I, I can honestly say that I don't, that didn't have any kind of attraction for me at this point in my life. But in my younger days, it did. And I've seen it with so many. Mm-hmm. I, and it, and looking at social media too, when that started really coming back in when I was in that season, because, you know, in the college days, we didn't have social media. So it happened more in my mid twenties, early thirties, when it really got, and you know, the enemy really has used that social media for comparison and thinking, well, because I'm not here at this point in my life, you know, there's something wrong with me. And that's, that goes not just self-image, but that goes down to the shame chapter. Yeah. And so you can see how these labels are so intertwined and how the enemy can use one small thing, like a number on the scale, can make you feel like you are useless. Yeah. And so that is why the Word of God is the only truth that matters, period. That's exactly period. right. Well, listen, we're going to take a break real real quick. We're going to have a, a song here for you to worship. We want to in, encourage the radio listening audience to just worship. I love what God is doing through Ashley. We're going to come back to you in just a few minutes. When you speak, darkness has to bow. Confusion has its final hour. 
when you speak, mountains rise and fall, it tears down every wall around me. When you speak, you breathe upon the dust, you come alive in us. Silence every fear, we feel your spirit here around us. Let there be
until it fills up every space. Come and have your way. Let there be light. Let there be light. Just one word and I am changed. Come and have your So happy to have Ashley Shepard with us today. We've been talking about beautifully designed and the labels that many of us have lived with or maybe you're currently living with and the power of the word and the power of really uh, allowing God to help you to begin to see yourself the way he made you. And that is truly beautifully designed. We're all called and anointed and we have a, God has a beautiful plan and we are his handiwork. So Ashley, if you'll just pick up where we just left off. Yeah. I mean, we were um, just talking about one of the labels and really how all of the labels kind of intertwine at some point when it comes to um, just negative self-talk, whether it be ourself. Our, our value, our self-worth, or feeling like a failure. Um, and as I was writing this book of these different labels, um, you know, I knew that I wanted to end the book a little bit differently. And, you know, something that has been on my heart, and this is this is me, and maybe it's because I'm raising boys. So if there's any boy moms out there listening, you can totally relate. But I love superhero movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, I loved Wonder Woman. I, you know, I love all of that. Um, maybe, you know, it's because I raise boys. But, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that as I was writing this book and sharing just my story of living with these labels and understanding that that's not who I am, feeling like a failure or calling myself that, but that I was created and beautifully designed for a specific purpose. But that specific purpose was to, is to love Jesus more and to know Jesus more. And I've been on this journey and this journey is a never ending journey. And you can relate to this Callie because it's a, it's a continuing journey of, knowing who Jesus is and understanding who he is, which helps us understand why we're so loved and why he loves us so much in spite of us. And that has been the most amazing journey. And so although I love all those fun superheroes out there, I mean, Jesus Christ truly is the ultimate superhero because of his unfailing love, because of his commitment and faithfulness to continue to protect and love us through everything. And so this last chapter um, in my book, I actually talk a little bit about superheroes. I talk about how in a superhero movie, even in the Bible, there is a you know bad character and then you've got the good character, right? There's an evil person and then there's a good person. Right. And in, in this last chapter, Um, there's always a warrior. There's always somebody who rises up, the underdog who rises up, who it looks like that, you know, they they can't win. They're probably going to fail. Everything is against them, but they rise up. And so going through this process of these labels and what I want to share with everyone listening is that if you believe in Jesus Christ and you have him in your heart, you have the warrior inside of you. Yes, yes. And we forget that. We we walk around defeated and allowing these labels to be a part of who we are when all reality we had it inside of us all along. Yes. Who who we are is who Jesus Christ created and he's inside of us as long as we believe in him and we can grow that relationship with him. That is that is his ultimate desire for us. 
And so this last chapter is not necessarily a label that you put on or a label that you take off. It's a label that you put on. And that label is just being a daughter, being a daughter of the king, being someone. And and I think we can all agree, especially as women, that we love to be scooped up. We love to be loved on and taken care of. And whether that was your parents growing up or a sister or a sibling or a grandmother or an aunt, we all had that one person who would make our favorite meal or put a blanket on us when we were taking a nap. And we, we felt like that, their daughter, even if, even if it wasn't a parent. And so when we look at the label of being a daughter of Jesus Christ, being a daughter of the King, the daughter of the ultimate superhero that paid the ultimate price for you and me, that died on that cross, they, and they, died, they put our sin in place and he died for us and he's alive. He, was, he, was, he rose again in three days. He's alive today. And he desires to have that relationship with us. And I love that story, Callie, when you said the Holy Spirit said, I've been waiting on you to wake up. Yeah. That's the reason for this book. This is to awaken the hearts and the souls of women out there who are going through their day and going through their schedule feeling defeated and that they don't have a purpose or God couldn't use them. And that that was my story for many seasons. And... I pray that this last chapter just awakens yes, the hearts of the Lord. women and helps these women rise up and understand that you've got the sword, you've got the helmet, you've got the shield, you've got everything that you need because you have Jesus Christ inside of you. And if you understand that you open up the Word of God, you can read that truth, and you can know right then that that is who you are. You can go out and you can fight any enemy. You can go through any storm, any circumstance. Because the Bible says that God is always there. He will never leave or forsake you. And so my prayer for this book is that it helps rise up these women out there, that they understand that they are a superhero because they have Jesus inside of them. That is so good. You know, um, there's so many examples of God taking uh, people that... um, you know, everybody wouldn't have bet on. <laughs> Nobody would have bet on them to be able to succeed or to be able to do what God's called them to do. And I, I think about King David when the prophet came to, he came to uh, his daddy and he says, you know, came to Jesse and he said, you know, one of your, one of your sons is the next king, you know, um, mm-hmm. Saul's in trouble with God and, and God is, God has chosen your household to pick, pick the next king. And it's so interesting to me that Jesse did not, he brought all of his boys, but David, he, you know, it, I would have thought no matter what you thought of your children, if they tell me one of my kid, one of my sons is a king, I'm getting every one of those boys in there, you know, cause you don't ever know. God looks at the heart. He doesn't look, but Jesse brought every one of his kids, every one of his sons, but he did not bring David. And to me, that is just so strange. And there, there had to be mm-hmm. some family dynamics going there on there, Ashley, that maybe even the Bible doesn't point out. But what I love about this, love, love about that story is, you know, his dad didn't necessarily believe in him and he hadn't been prepared for war like the other boys were. You know, we know, we find mm-hmm. that when David went to the, the battlefield, the other boys were in they were in the war they were actually soldiers they were there fighting goliath and the the enemies of god but this young man had been on the backside of 
of a hill taking care of some sheep, but he was growing in his identity and in the power of God mm-hmm. through his, through his commitment to allow God to really shape who he was. And, you know, I, it goes back to when we pray and when we read God's word and when we make a decision, I, I think this book is going to be so key in helping women across America make a decision that I am who God says I am. I'm not who my friend says I am or my, even if my mother and daddy didn't believe in me. And, you know, that's hard for me to understand because I believe in my kids so much, but there are people walking around this earth that did not have supportive parents. And for whatever reason, their parents did not believe that they were called to great, great things and could do great things. But when we spend time with Jesus, the Lord is our father. He is our father Mm -hmm. and he will Change the way we think about ourselves. And I love it when David got to the battle. And this is one of the most, to me, one of the best parts of the story. When he got to the battle and he heard everybody talking about Goliath and everybody was afraid. Nobody wanted to go out there. And his brother, he, somebody even said, so David looked at everybody and said, well, well, what's the reward if you do go? And some, and, and they begin to tell him what the reward was. And and his brother said, basically told him, what are you talking crazy? You, shut up. You're just some egotistical, weird kid. Don't be talking like that. You're not going to, you you know, his own brother did not see the king in him. And I love it that he ignored his brother. He went mm-hmm. back and asked again, what is the prize? And then he, then he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies of God? And he took the tools that he had learned in the intimate time with God. And he faced the giant with the, with those tools. He didn't put on the Kings. He tried the King's armor. It didn't work. You know, the world has all kinds of things for us to put on, to be strong, but Mm -hmm. it's only, it's only what, only what God gives us in our prayer time. Only what God gives us through his word. Anything else the world has us put on, it's not going to fit. It's not going to make, it's not going to help us be overcomers. And he went out and he, and he, and he did, he killed, he brought down this giant. I believe this book is going to help. It's going to help a lot of women bring down the giants that they've been facing, you know? And what's, what's funny, Callie, is that is this, that's the Bible story in this last chapter. Wow. I didn't know that. That is the Bible story. It is. And my favorite part of it, and I have it in, in this last chapter of the daughter chapter, is when he when he tried to put on someone else's identity, and it was too heavy. Like the armor was too heavy, and he's like, "I this I can't wear this." Right. And he knew he knew who he was, and he knew the tools that God had given him because he spent the time with the Lord, like yes. he said. And he didn't just kill that giant. I mean, he slayed him. And that's what this book says. When you can define. When you can write down and understand what it is that you've allowed to define you that's not Christ. And right after I share that story, I make people talk about what is what is your giant? What is the one thing that you've allowed to to overcome your identity that you need to remove and that you need to replace with daughter of the king? Because we are warriors. We are just like David where, you know, we've got other people in our ears speaking negativity. We've got other people wanting to to attach things to us that don't belong, 
but ultimately we almost have to put a shield around us. And I believe it goes back to just like we talked about earlier, having that time with the Lord yes, and setting that yes. time. And, and, and it's not reading the Bible front to end and feeling like you got to go through a, a study or a program or a book. It's more than that. It's literally just sitting in the quiet and just talking to the Lord. That's just exactly like right. Now. That's exactly right. And it's got to be real and authentic. It can't just be some program. Mm-hmm. It yes. can't be just, now, now there's nothing wrong with programs and there's nothing wrong with Bible plans for reading and studies. We do all of those things, but our intimacy has to be authentic or it's not true yes. intimacy. Um, one of the things I preached a message this last week weekend at the church and I talked about crossing over into the promised land. Your destiny begins where your giant dies. Mm. That's good. Your destiny begins. And when 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 David's giant fell, when Goliath fell, his destiny began. It began it, mm-hmm. it began publicly. Now it had already begun in the quiet place. We know that that you know many times our, our destiny really is formed in our intimacy with God, but his public ministry and destiny started being fulfilled when he faced the giant that was before him. And I was brought back. I preached on this Sunday when uh, when Moses got to the to the to cross over. They were at the precipice to cross over, and he's been leading the children of Israel, and they've been roaming around in the wilderness, and they they're ready to go into the promised land. And he sends ten spies over there, and he says, that, "Now, if you go read the chapter in Exodus, the Lord says to him, well, you 'You're at Canaan. This is Canaan.' The Lord told him, "This is the land.'" So there was no doubt that, that it was the land. And then the Lord said, I want you to pick 10 spies, a leader from each tribe, and I want you to send them in, and I want you to have them scouted out, and I want, oh, you know, you need to know the lay of the land. He says, I want to know, and, he t- and, and Moses said, I want to know what do the crops look like, what do the cities look like, what do the people look like. You know, God didn't say, I want you to go see if it's weak or strong to make a decision. God had already said, we're going. But he said, I just want you to go get the lay of the land. Well, they get over there, and we all know how that story ends. They come back, and they tell Moses, and they tell the whole congregation of people, uh, it, is, it is milk and honey. It's everything God said it was, but, but we can't go there. Mm-hmm. And, and Joshua and Caleb say, no, 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 no. We're well able. Stop. We're well able to take the land. We're well able to go in. Yeah, it's got giants. It's got obstacles. But, you know, that's our Canaan land. And then, no, they took over and they said, no, you're wrong. Uh, we'll be devoured. The cities are, are fortified. Uh, the people are giants. The, uh, they were descendants from Nephilim. Uh, I mean, they give all um, 100 million reasons why they can't go in. So we know how the story, The I mean, literally, uh, they're going to stone. The people are so upset. They're getting ready to stone Joshua and Caleb. And the presence of God shows up in the tent and begins to manifest. And God gets so angry. He tells Moses, I'm going to smite them. I'm going to get rid of them. And we're starting over. And Joe's, and and Moses being the pastor that he was, begin to negotiate for the for the people. And he said, you can't do this. You've taken them out of Egypt. Everybody knows it. You're famous among the world for what you've done. If you kill them, they'll talk. You know, he, he basically negotiates with God and God has mercy on them. But we know that what happens is 
all of those all of those spies that did not believe the word of God didn't go in, and many of their family members didn't go in for generations. But Joshua and Caleb, the promise was, you will go in. But it literally thwarted their ability to cross over. And I, I, I focused on Joshua and Caleb. The Bible says they had, he, they had a spirit that pleased God, mm. a spirit. And the spirit that pleases God is a spirit that will face the giant. <laughs> Mm-hmm. A spirit that will say, you know what? You've messed with me and taunted me one day too many. I'm coming after you. And when you come down, my reward is Canaan's land. My reward okay. is everything God's promised us. And that's why the enemy wants us to believe these crazy lies, these giants that are in our head. One of the things that, uh, that I said is, you know, our giants, for the most part, are not external. They're internal. They're between our two ears. Yeah. And even if you're facing an external giant, it's what's internally in you that gives you the power to overcome. And uh, I really believe that when we as women make a decision, and men, Christians, that we are going to believe what God says about us, and we're going to face the giants. Some of people, some of you have generational giants. You know, my daddy was an alcoholic, my granddaddy was an alcoholic, my great-grand, but you don't have to be an alcoholic. You're, you're an yeah. overcomer. My, you know, my, my, my mother was this, my grandmother was this. We didn't have a good relationship, so now I don't have a good relationship. Well, you don't have to accept that. We're new creation in Christ, and every promise in his word is ours. And we've got a new family. That's what's so beautiful, a new DNA. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. A new DNA. I love that. And it reminds me of that scripture, Psalm 46, 5, God is in the midst of her. She shall not move. And we have to remember that he is, he is in us. He's in the midst of us and he has redefined us Yes, and who we are in him. He, he defines what beauty is. He defines what success is. He defines what love is Yes, because he is love. He is success. He is all of those things. And knowing that we have that inside of us will help not only kill those giants, but slay those giants of insecurity and low confidence and labels and negative and other people's opinions. And that we can eliminate those distractions and start marching towards our destiny. Just like you said, marching towards the destiny that God has for each of us. And so it's, it's overwhelming when you think about how loved we are and how we have the ability to live loved. We have that ability. And it's within us, but it's only through Jesus Christ. Yes. So I, I, I love that. And I, I think we, we definitely have the same heart and message. And, um, and I, I'm excited. I'm excited for women to get their hands on this book. And I'm excited for the Lord to speak to the women because that's what matters. It's not the words in here. It's going to be how the Lord speaks to those women through it. Well, I really believe God's going to use this book in a powerful way. It's going to fly across the world. I believe God's going to get this book in hands of thousands and thousands of women. And I just declare the blessing of the Lord over you, Ashley. I thank you for your love for Jesus. I thank you for your vulnerability. I thank you for your willingness to do what God has asked you to do. And I just declare that as women get this in their hands, that their lives is going to be changed. Their lives are going to be changed and they're going to 
know Christ in an intimate way and allow the identity of Christ to be their true identity. And I just call that forth in Jesus name. I ask you, God, to bless Ashley. I ask you, Lord, to put a hedge around her and her husband and her children, protect them. Lord, I ask you to send forth angels to watch over everything concerning them. Give her incredible wisdom, Lord, as this as her ministry grows and as this book becomes more well-known. God, give her incredible wisdom how to navigate and to, to really handle what you've given her by the power of your spirit. I pray a supernatural blessing. I pray a blessing on every woman that reads it. I declare that when they read the book, Father, that they are going to Feel your presence and know that there is such hope and and a mandate on their life to do great exploits. There's going to be a a hunger that's birthed in every woman that reads it to know that they are called to do great things, that the hand of God is on them. The hand of God is on them like it it was on Esther and Deborah and, and other women that said yes to the call of God, yes to the mandate that was before them. Uh, in Jesus name, I want you to give them an opportunity if you could, uh, to find, tell us where we can find you everywhere we can find you. You can go to beautifullydesigned.com and everything is on that website. You can purchase the book. You can join our Facebook community through those links. Everything is there on that homepage. We're starting our study on January 15th with exclusive video series. We're going through each chapter, diving in together. So we would love to have everyone join us. That would be so, so powerful. I want to encourage you, uh, join up. Keep tabs of what God's doing uh, in and through uh, Ashley and through this book. I also want to encourage you. this is your 2018. You're getting started. Take some time to start your year with prayer and fasting. Um, you know, there's something about the power of the first. First fruits, many of us, we all tithe. We give our money. We give our time to the Lord. We, we start our week in church. Um, we start our, hopefully we start our days in prayer. But I really want to encourage those listening to take some time. Uh, this first, we're starting our actual church fast starts um, January the 8th, and we go through the 27th. It's a 21-day prayer and fasting. And uh, it's just so, it proves to be such a powerful time for our church and our individual families every year. So I want to encourage you, take some time and just really consecrate to the Lord. And um, there is a real difference between good ideas and God ideas. And I'm at the point mm-hmm. in my life where I don't want to do just good things. I want to do only what God is orchestrating for me to do. And uh, and when we do what God is orchestrating in our lives, the fruit will be huge because it's his plan and it's his purpose. So I just really want to encourage you to take the time to um, seek the Lord and and really put him first and and set your plans before him. You know, Pastor Kelly's had plans before that were they were good plans, but they weren't God plans. And I wasted my time. But then when I have really sought the Lord and followed hard after him with his plans, the the blessing of the Lord is just so great. So I just declare the blessing of the Lord over every person listening today. I thank you, Lord, that your people are a mighty army and that the church of the living God is coming alive in prayer, coming alive in consecration, coming alive in serving you with such a pure heart. I declare that the women and the men listening today, God, are being 
changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I declare that there is such a desire to draw near unto you, Lord, to draw nigh to you, to hear your voice, to walk according to your will. I thank you, Lord, that you're giving us an obedient heart. Obedient. Lord, I just declare that we're not just going to be hearers of your word, but we're also going to be doers. We're going to be obedient to the things that you've asked us to do. I thank you for supernatural strength to walk out uh, the plan and purpose that you have for each one of us. In Jesus' name, we pray for America. We pray for our country. We thank you, Lord, for a, a, a national revival, a revival of prayer, a revival of word, uh, a Bible revival. God, we thank you for a Bible revival in America. We thank you, God, for a prayer revival in America. We thank you, Lord, that women are raising up and rising up across this nation and taking their place in prayer, Lord. There's such a hunger for us to go to you and to spend time with you, knowing that all things, everything we do needs to be soaked in prayer. And I just thank you for a desire for prayer. I thank you for a hunger being unleashed across America and across the world. We thank you for Europe. We just declare that London is seeing a major revival in all the European countries. We thank you, Lord, for all the missionaries, God, that this church is personally um, supporting and the missionaries across the world, God. We just speak blessing over them in the name of Jesus. We pray for families across America, Lord, that our families will be on fire for you, Lord, and we'll see such an, an increase of faith among the families in Jesus' name. Thank you so much, Ashley. Be blessed, and uh, we'll see you all next week. God bless. For the past hour, you've been listening to The Warrior's Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.